It's time for the show that brings the magic right to your speakers. Ears up! show and uh you know we're here for you we're here we're here to to be with you we're here to make you happy we're maybe here to make you angry most uh, likely but then we're here to make you happy again and that's kind of what we do on this show on this and every episode <laughs> of ears <Isabel. laughs> wow those weren't even words Speaking of not words, we just had to, to, to explain to Beverly who the Swedish chef was okay. from the Muppets. Now, well, we almost had to explain who who Animal was. No, 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 yeah. no. I knew who Animal was. And Boba Fett. And yeah, it was I, kind of a mess. Well, we did have to explain who Boba Fett was. Okay. That is true. <laughs> so when I saw Animal and I said, is that Animal? I wasn't asking, is that Animal? It was more like a, oh, it's Animal. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> I don't you're know not fooling happened. me. I'll tell you that much right now. <laughs> Shut up. Um, but yeah, so that was a, a very depressing moment in our friendship <laughs> when we had to go, I don't know who the Swedish chef is. And then, and then there came the, well, I mainly only watched video. Muppet Babies. <laughs> well, that's probably why that the show, the, the new show got canceled. Cause I bet a lot of people feel that way. Yeah, I could see that. The new show was really good though. It was so good. It was my favorite. Yeah. It upsets me that they cancel good things. I I, I really liked the new Muppet Show. Chip is the greatest character ever to be written. <laughs> ever. I guess now it's the old Muppet Show. Yeah, the old the the new old Muppet the new Show old one until they have another reboot. It was just disappointing. I mean, it was really good. I thought it was. I mean, it, it wasn't really good. I really wanted the old Muppet Show back. The old old Muppet Show back, right. like the the variety hour thing and whatever. Yeah. Um, but I liked what they did with it. And then they came back after that mid season break, and I feel like the writing kind of got tighter mm-hmm. and it, so it got too. a lot better. Yeah, because um, they kind of dropped what wasn't working. I think. I agree. And um, then it got canceled. And it got canceled. Didn't yeah. <laughs> this is a terrible story. But I thought yeah. that I just read something about the Muppets like coming back or. Doing something was that in Disney World? Like, Disney World, yeah. yeah so we're, yeah. I was, I'll talk about it on the next show, like on the on the Disney News, uh, and get more detail because I don't really know. I haven't read the thing yet, but mm. they're doing like a whole live show in in Disney World. Apparently, Disney World loves the Muppets. Disney yeah. uh, DCA can take them or leave them, and they, they would rather see Frozen uh, here, let it go for the millionth time, than uh, a, a Muppet show for the millionth time. But also, to be fair, at Hollywood Studios in Florida, that's literally the only. Good thing and the Aerosmith ride, which is an Aerosmith ride. So those That's are the so two sad. best things. <laughs> yeah. So mm. Aerosmith. How relevant is Aerosmith anymore? It's so Aer- relevant. I love Aerosmith. Like I'm really surprised it hasn't changed to like the Justin Bieber ride. You know or well, because the Justin Bieber ride would literally go off the rails and crash into a wall. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody needs that. 
<laughs> At least the Aerosmith ride, you know what you're getting. That's probably true. You know, it's a little, it's a little fast, but uh, at the end, it gets you there safely. <laughs> well, maybe they can change it because Aerosmith is breaking up after the 2017 farewell tour. Oh. Really? Yeah, they are. They're going to have to change it. Yeah. Maybe. Maybe. Relive the glory days of getting <laughs> yeah. VIP passes to are Aerosmith. They, are they breaking up or are they just going to die? We should talk to our friend. Maybe Dave Matthews should become the, answer the new is ride. Yes. Oh, can you imagine the Dave, Dave Matthews, Matthews ride? Like the slowest. It's like the Dave Matthews ride would be like, okay, everyone put on your polo shirt. We're going to go to a barbecue in someone's backyard. Sometimes the ride's 12 minutes long. Sometimes it's four minutes long. <laughs> you don't know what you're getting. Everyone grab their, their bottle of rosé and, and we're going we're gonna to go picnic. We're going to go picnic on the, on the, on the field, oh, on the lavender field. I don't know. Can you hacky sack and ride a roller coaster? At the same time, I'm not sure. I, I don't know, but I guarantee you it's going to smell like a patchouli tunnel in there. <laughs> oh, that's fantastic. That's pretty good, that's right? Pretty good. That's pretty good. Uh, I'd ride that ride. Journey ride. Journey ride. That's a Journey ride. Yeah, you could go through San Francisco, but that would also be kind of a slow ride. Yeah. Slow ride. <laughs> Why not like a better, like a, let's think of a better ride than Journey or Dave Matthews. I don't have anything against Dave Matthews, Ben. I, I, th- I think alive that the music is amazing and the people who work there are very nice. <laughs> um, Journey, uh, the people who work there are very nice. I don't know. Journey's <laughs> fine, whatever. Journey's a cover band. Um, but like, let's get like a, like a, why not a Jay-Z ride? Or oh, a, or... Or uh, like a Kanye West ride. Kanye, actually, that could be a Kanye West ride because he's so crazy. And Kanye, it's a train wreck. That's all a Kanye West ride yeah. would be. It's just a train That'd wreck. That'd be perfect. <laughs> well, I'll tell you what. That's... You could see Kim Kardashian. That'd be awesome. Nope. No, thank you. I got to turn her off. Okay, so um, uh, you're by association, bro. They share half a brain. Well, well <laughs> sort of. Um, I think, uh, I mean, Kanye West always talks about how he's a genius. Right, and he, he doesn't is. have enough money to really fully create. Right. What if they let him imagineer a roller coaster? Oh, I can't even imagine. What if, what like, what did, would that possibly? Like, what could that possibly what be? What if he made that ride like his campaign for 2020? It'd be like the, like the, the Yeezus. It'd be like the ride oh that explains why gosh. he needs to be president. A story. So it's like oh, it's like uh, like uh, great it? moments with mm-hmm. Mr. Lincoln. No, it's like the um, but was, it's it's amazing moments with Kanye West. What was the name of the ride it's, that? It's just called the moments precursor to um, <laughs> the one that Monster Inc. took over. The Hollywood. Um, oh, the limo. Yeah, uh, exactly. yeah, 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 yeah. It could be like that, where like all these different people pop out and tell you why Kanye should be president. <laughs> it's a shooting range. <laughs> <laughs> if there are Kardashians <laughs> popping out, then yes, it would be a shooting range. Uh, that's no, nice I, that's a threat. Uh, look, even though. She, uh, you know, manufactured a whole jewelry heist. <laughs> that is smart. I don't know publicity. why. Why don't we just call up Kanye? You know, it's actually insurance fraud. I would like to. <laughs> Does anybody just... have Kanye's phone number? I'll call that dude right now. <laughs> I kind of. I mean, honestly, like, I mean, look, his his music is whatever. Like, people really like it, and he's a really popular guy. Whatever. It's pretty good, actually. Um, but I think it would kind of be an amazing. I think he would do a really good job. He's very relevant. And I think it would be much more relevant than Guardians of the Galaxy. Can we be honest here? I agree with you. I completely agree with you on that. Okay. Good. I'd rather a Jay Z or Eminem or something like that. Eminem. Eminem, right? Eminem. It would basically be like the drunk like scene in Dumbo. It would be called Eight Mile. 
and the drunk scene in, in, in Pinocchio be, and, and, and Dumbo put together. It'd be through Detroit, and you get a bulletproof vest at the beginning of the it's ride. Perfect. There's no way, Eminem. It's, it's still more relevant than Aerosmith. Eminem. Oh man, good Eminem. Rides to the total around? Palms are sweaty. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know where I'm going. Still- I smell mom's spaghetti. Oh, gosh. Spaghetti, spaghetti. <laughs> I don't know what you have against Eminem, but he's not. I, he's nothing. Great. Not I don't you, have anything. Terrence. I don't have anything against him. I just haven't heard him make a song in like what. He Eight, came out with an years? album reason, like two I albums. Did, didn't even know. Well, um, also, it's not that you have anything against Eminem, but you don't have anything for him to make a ride. Yes, that's true. <laughs> he hasn't really shown uh, that he's very friendly towards anybody right? Uh, other than <laughs> drug dealers. Uh, that's a good point. Well, so really like in 2001, that would have been an awesome ride. 15 years ago. It still ago. would have been very inappropriate. <laughs> yeah, Mommy, what? why are they cursing the entire ride? Why does he keep talking about Kim, what's going on? Yeah, that, that voice actually sounds like Eminem. Why is the lady? Why is the lady always sleeping in every scene, mommy? <laughs> why Never. is she sleeping in the trunk? Oh man, that is an Eminem song. That absolutely anyway, is. Anyway, thanks for joining us. You can find us on iTunes. Hi, kids. Tune in. Do you like violence? Oh my god, I wasn't even going. Uh, Taryn. What? Okay, you need a timeout. You need to go sit in the corner for five minutes and just relax a little bit. Okay. All right, find us on iTunes. Rate us on iTunes. It helps. Uh, apparently, I think I found out how that helps. Uh, iTunes is like a, the biggest podcast thing, and it helps with the ranking. That's all I know. I found out something. Uh, tune in Radio Stitcher, whatever, you, whatever. It doesn't matter. Just find us and listen to us. Uh, we're on social media, on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, uh, Pinterest, probably, maybe not. Uh, send feedback to Taryn at earsuphavenpodcast.com. Send compliments to Terrence uh, at uh, the above. Uh, you can say hi Hello. to Bev. And anything else comes to me, Jason, at earsup-podcast.com. Uh, you can support Ears Up via the Amazon link. And to be honest with you, why wouldn't you? Uh, we have reoccurring donations. You can do a one-time donation through PayPal. That's kind of nice. Uh, shop, like I said, via our Amazon link. So we just get a little portion of, of, of uh, you know kickback from Amazon. It's really nice, and you get your a really quality product uh, at a fast shipping rate. Also, buy Coveyors. Go to getcoveyors.com uh, to customize your Mickey Mouse ear hat. Don't be one of these people who just has black ears. That is, you know, come on, let's put some. Uh, you know, let's put some stripes on it, or let's put some polka dots on it. Let's get real for a second. Uh, you can support our friends. <laughs> we have an About Us page, and on that About Us page on our website, there's a Friends of Ears Up, and uh, that has all our friends. Like the person we're going to talk to here very shortly, uh, Jeremy from Spectro Radio, because it's almost Spectro time, everybody. We try to do that once a month. And uh, there was a moment where we fell out, and we didn't have Jeremy on as much. He was traveling. He's a, he's a world traveler. He's high demand in every country in the world. Um, but we have him back for a little bit. Uh, but before we get to Jeremy, I do want to tell you our friend, our close personal friend, Pink Bunny is on Twitter. Follow her at PinkBunnyR. She's not only uh, great and amazing and has a, a, a cool perspective on the parks, but every year around this time, she makes a map of where to find all the pumpkin treats. Oh, nice. In the parks in, in Disneyland and DCA. And I think that there, it seems like there's less. There's less spots. I think so it's a downhill trend at this point. Treats? I'm okay with that. Yeah. Like pumpkin spice. Type so, stuff? like at Rancho oh. del Zacalo, you can get pumpkin flan. Oh. 
Ooh. I'm anti-pumpkin. I love pumpkin. Really? I, uh, yeah, uh, give it to me. I got a pumpkin <laughs> spice latte today. Oh, I, I haven't gotten mine this. this year yet. Was, I no. went full white girl. Um, at Maurice's Treats you can get pumpkin twists Uh, Jolly Holiday Bakery they have pumpkin cheesecake which is always good pumpkin muffin and a pumpkin latte Mm. Uh, and then of course at Starbucks the aforementioned pumpkin spice latte so there's only four spots and I think that there used to be more weren't there used to be like pumpkin churros yes there were Really? Um, yeah. I never had a pumpkin yeah. churro. That sound good. And no, then, that sounds delicious. And then in DCA, there's five. Mortimer's Market has pumpkin-shaped bread. Uh, Cozy Cone Motel has pumpkin twist. Flo's V8 has chocolate pumpkin pie, which, seriously, I need that in my face. Um, <laughs> Pacific Wharf Cafe has pumpkin-shaped bread and pumpkin raisin bread pudding. Ooh. <gasps> oh. Bread pudding? Yum. Pumpkin raisin bread pudding. That sounds real good, oh, dude. That sounds so good. And yeah. Boardwalk Pizza and Pasta Pumpkin Cheesecake. Anyway, uh, check it out. Uh, Pink Bunny, dude. She uh, she hooks you guys up every year. And, and she's a little amazing. pink bunny. How can you not love that? Exactly. And she's a little pink bunny. Um, okay, today's show is going to be Terrence uh, and the history of the Haunted Mansion. Yes. It's perfect in time for... Jeez. It's perfect in time for uh, Halloween, which is uh, probably when you're going to be hearing this episode. It's it, today. It's, yay, happy Halloween. <laughs> uh, if, you're not, uh, if you're on the live stream, then you're obviously hearing it now, but uh, you know, podcasters, we're going to try to get this out on Halloween because it's not like I have kids to scare or anything like that. Um, I like scaring kids on Halloween. No, I know. I was going to say, yeah. you're not going to set up your house like that anymore? No, I will. Okay, that's good. Yeah, I will. Okay, good. Um, I don't you know, don't maybe. have your own kids to scare, is what you're saying. Okay. So no. Just I'm going to jump in no. real fast with this wonderful memory I have of Halloween at Jason's house. Okay. Okay. Do you I don't remember even... when that kid came to the door with the, <laughs> the like fake blood knife and you scared him so bad that he dropped his face? Oh, I forgot about that. And he ran. He ran. Yeah. <laughs> it was amazing. Yeah, we had uh, we had some kids that I'd never seen in the neighborhood, so I think we were the neighborhood because you know it's well, it's not like our neighborhood is the neighborhood that gives away king size you know bars or anything. Um, but I think that uh, nice neighborhood. trick or treating around Halloween is kind of not really as popular as it used to be it's like not. 20 years ago. It's not. So I feel like people get bust in other places. Like their parents like, hey, let's just drive to like where we've seen other kids, right? Right, right. Because uh, it's probably safer that way. Yeah, and this group of people just came up, man, and they were just full of it. Like they were probably preteens, you know, 12, 11, whatever, and just like you remember when you were trick-or-treating at that age? You owned the night. Yes. You oh, owned yeah. the night. Yes. It was your favorite day in the entire... Oh, oh yeah. Because yeah, you run free, dude. Yeah. Run free. I wasn't even wearing costumes at that point. Like, whatever. <laughs> Just, I wouldn't have given Lace my Jordans up. <laughs> exactly. Pop, pop my Reebok. I'm on it. And, uh, yeah, this little kid, man. And so, like, the thing I do is, like, I have, like, uh, some coveralls and, like, a, you know, fake hockey mask. And I'm Jason, right, from Friday the 13th. Because you're Jason. Because my name's Jason. And, um, you know, you, 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 you let them knock at the door, and then you just wait. <laughs> and then sometimes they knock again. And you hear, I don't, I, I don't think anybody's home. But let's. <laughs> and then that's the moment you just rip the door open. Meanwhile, there's a party going on. You know, there's a party going, the kids, whatever, and they just, they freak out. Just, you know, I don't run out and go, boo. Right, Just right. rip the door open, and pff, homie ran. Dropped his knife, <laughs> and everyone, like the group of five kids, just boosh, scattered. Nice. Never nice. came back. We literally still have the knife. 
Yeah. It's kind of, uh, yeah. It's true. Awesome. I, I hope that kid comes and finds me in 20 years and was like, look, I really have to like make, uh, you know, amends because I had a lot of therapy after that. And yeah. Now I'm better and I want you to know that everything's I all right. I forgive you. Step six. <laughs> I won't say a word. I'll just I'll take it down like uh, from my mantle. It's like uh, it's like a samurai sword. It's on the thing. I just hand it to him. Let me take it out of the case real quick. (laughs) Um, Yeah, it's a good time, man. Good times. Good times. I love Halloween. I love Halloween so much. If you want to see our our uh, Night Before Christmas Village, you can go to the Ears Up uh, Twitter account or. Instagram. Instagram or whatever. Instagram. And it's there. It looks pretty good. You throw that thing out every year. Jeremy, are you there, buddy? Oh, sorry. I was just <laughs> Big pimpin'. What? <laughs> oh, my goodness. That a boy, Jeremy. I love this guy. Uh, you get in the mood, huh? Yeah. I mean, I figure if that becomes the ride, I'm going to have to have uh, soundtrack on Spectro, so I'm getting ready. <laughs> That's right. Just ripping all the content. I honestly love you more right now than I ever have before, Jeremy. That is amazing. <laughs> than I ever have before. Uh, before I forget here. Join us as we unravel the magic behind some of Disney's most beloved pieces of music. It's Spectro Time. This magic night, a million stars will play beside us. Cast a spell of Glimmering, shimmering. It's Jeremy. Uh, what are we going to talk about today, my friend? Well, as uh, luck would have it, we are going to be talking about uh, the music of Disney's Haunted Mansions. Perfect. Nice. Spooky. Which- it's very fortuitous because I think we're also talking about the history of the Haunted Mansion today. <laughs> That's correct. Which uh, was not planned. Or was, should we tell them that it was planned? Like, yes. we're really coordinated. And- That's the no, magic. Yeah, we're that organized. That's the magic, yeah. Jeremy. Okay. All right. <laughs> so, all right. I Hopefully, I'm uh, Terrence and I won't duplicate here too much, but um, I tried to keep it more to the music anyway, because I actually thought maybe you, you might have done this one before. So, I was okay. like, let me really keep this music oriented. Smart. Smart. You're a smart man. I try to, you know. So, um, it took the Haunted Mansion first uh, came about in Disneyland. That's where it originated. It took a long time for the attraction to open. Um, so, it actually the the mansion that you see there in Disneyland was built in the early 1960s, um, and it sat there for most of the decade empty, um, with just a sign that said "We're out collecting 999 ghosts." Because they were really kind of trying to figure out what to do with it. It was they they had a concept for having it be a walkthrough ride, um, and then 1964 World's Fair came along and gave the Imagineers a new ride system called the Omni Mover. The Omni Mover was important because it gave them control over what the guests can see by turning the car or the 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 ghost. What is it called? Ghostmobile that you're in. The Doom buggy. Doom buggy. Whoa. Whoa. Oh, Doom buggy. Come on, bro. Ghostmobile. <laughs> Look at this. Shut up. Oh man. Look at this kid. <laughs> Who's this kid? Oh, that was amazing. Nothing I say has any validity from now on. <laughs> uh, we need a press conference. You know, I don't know. Ghostmobile yeah. sounds pretty oh, cool. I, I think next month he's, we're gonna have to rent the press conference room. Man. Absolutely. <laughs> This kid. This is my swan song. 
<laughs> I know. It didn't sound right, but I was like, I don't know. Maybe that's what it is. Let's just keep going. It's fine. No, on this uh, show, on this show you can't off. make a mistake no. and keep going. We don't let you. Yeah. Yeah. Anchor, yeah. And I'm like, oh, they must. something must not be right here. <laughs> um, okay. So you're in your Omnimover. Yes. And um, so the the control is great here because unlike Small World or Pirates, which you guys obviously know, sometimes you go through and you miss some things like the redhead. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Every once in yeah. a while. <laughs> um, the great thing about this is that they can control the audio at the same time. You can have exactly what you want the audience to hear every single time and have it be the same. Um, so the music, the audio, and the vocals, it's all timed. You've got that creepy voice in your ear telling you exactly what they want you to hear. So, um, the ride was imagineered by primarily by two imagineers, uh, one by the name of Claude Coates and the other by Mark Davis, who they both had previously worked on Pirates. Um, but they had two different ideas about the tone of the attraction. Claude Coates wanted it to be very scary and frightening. Davis said, no, this is Disney. It should be really more gag-oriented and humorous. And the end result was a combination of the two. Um, the first half being a bit more serious, solemn, and scary, and the second half, after the ballroom, becomes more humorous. This is reflected in the music. So here is a clip of the more serious first half, number one. supposed to but that makes me so happy that sound yes i'm supposed to uh yeah i love no, that I picture myself in my ghost mobile right now <laughs> <laughs> you know what i do i want to make you know those those stickers that everyone puts on like the my other car is a doom buggy i want to make one that says my other car is a ghost mobile <laughs> and sell them on the ears up website or whatever <laughs> That's our new T-shirt. We can do I love like, dual it. advertising. Yeah, Lulu, get get to work, please. I need a. I need a. My other car is a ghost mobile with the with the doom buggy, the doom buggy on picture there. on it, please. Thank you. So great. Thank you. Please, is it up in the store yet, Lulu? <laughs> I can't even. I can't, I'm so. I don't even have. I'm so embarrassed. Like, <laughs> please so don't be. Stupid. Do not even be embarrassed about that. Come on. No, that was the best part of the show. Yeah. Oh my God. I didn't think I'd top Big Pimpin' that quickly. So, um, do, 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 do. The original Haunted Mansion score was written by a guy by the name of Buddy Baker. And Baker is no stranger to Disney. During his tenure at the company, he composed over 200 scores um, for the Disney company, including The Carousel of Progress and Great Moments with Mr. Lincoln. The lyrics and the script to the attraction were written by someone named Xavier X. Atencio, um, who was also responsible for writing the script and the lyrics to Pirates of the Caribbean and its theme song, Yo-Ho, A Pirate's Life for Me. Take a listen to Atencio and Baker's work from the latter, more humorous section of the attraction. Number two, please. On the Crypto's Creek and the Tombstones Quake. Happy haunts materialize. And begin to vocalize. Grim grinning ghosts are to socialize. Now don't close your eyes and don't try to hide. Taryn, does that have the opposite effect and make you sad? No. I still <laughs> love it. But you know Because I, I think who Jason's calling. That's Jason's uh, ringtone for my phone. So I'm like, oh, Jason's calling. Uh, not anymore. No, for oh, my for, phone. for your phone. Oh, okay. 
Never mind then. Wow. <clears throat> anyway, sorry. So as um, as I said earlier, the Haunted Mansion sat empty for several years while Disney figured out what to do with it because um, it didn't open until 1969 um, in August of that year. When it finally did open, there was a lot of publicity around it. And here are some vintage radio ads that aired oh. around the opening of the attraction. Uh, the first one is number three. <laughs> Hi, ghost fans. This is your daring reporter inside the haunted mansion at Disneyland. And with me here somewhere is that former Olympic hide-and-seek champion, Willie the Wisp. Oh, there you are. Say, Willie, what's it like in the haunted mansion? Beautiful, man. Kind of weird, wild, and freaky. Sounds ideal, but I understand Disneyland's haunted mansion is now open to humans. Oh, it must be paradise. What a weird commercial. So it sounded weird. like a cross between a hillbilly and Cheech Marin. It yeah. sounded like Billy West. It sounded like like Ren and Stimpy's like style. That, yeah, like yeah, Billy a West bit. kind that of That was guy, really right? weird. And then, and then the the Willy Whisper or whatever was like the biggest peace nick beat nick like yeah, I know. you know freaky deaky stuff, man. <laughs> That did not give, like, the illusion of the Haunted Mansion at all. Like, no, no. <laughs> it was cool, it though. It paints a terrible picture. Yeah. Right. Um, and apparently Willie the Wisp was the hide-and-seek Olympic event champion, which yeah. I think they took the hide-and-seek out at uh, Sarajevo 84. <laughs> um, Are you so here's yes. here's one more. <laughs> that, oh. <laughs> Don't worry about Bev. She's she didn't even know who the Swedish chef was. So what if Bev just said? she asked if you were joking about hide and seek being uh, an Olympic that sport? Was an Olympic sport. <laughs> they wouldn't know when it was over. <laughs> this is a special show we have. Oh boy, I'm sorry. Okay, uh, moving on. Yeah, moving on. We gotta, we gotta get through this. Uh, at, here's another one. Uh, this one's about forty seconds long, but equally as enjoyable. Number four, please. Hi, ghost fans. This is your on-the-spot reporter, tiptoeing through the creaky doors of the Disneyland Haunted Mansion to bring you another in-spirit interview. Hovering at my side is Granny Ghoul, former Peoria socialite and silent movie vamp. Hi there, big boy. Granny, you look absolutely inhuman. Thank you. This is my latest creation, a see-through bell-bottom bedsheet with big holes where my eyes used to be. Stunning. But tell me, Granny, is it true that this mansion is haunted by 999? Ghosts? That's right, you brave devil. But there's always room for one more, especially if he's as spirited as you seem to be. Huh? Well, thanks, Granny, but I'm a human. Well, no one's perfect. What in what? the world? Oh, my gosh. Come to the mansion and see me, big boy. Oh, jeez. She's got some ish. That was, yeah, well, she's dead, Taryn. That was wrong. Head. I'm not even. Con- I have to listen back. I don't even think they said that that's a commercial for the haunted mansion. I think it's just what is this? Like, <laughs> <laughs> wow, that was How good. Odd. Man. Yeah, so you can hear those on the station. Freaks everyone out. So <laughs> this is 2016, um, which is a big year. This is the year that Disneyland celebrates 15 years of something called the Haunted Mansion Holiday Overlay which blends the settings of the original Haunted Mansion characters and those of Tim Burton's The Nightmare Before Christmas. Disneyland in Anaheim and Tokyo Disneyland are the only two Disney parks that receive this overlay. 
Of course, this overlay requires a new soundtrack. The original score was composed by a guy named Gordon Goodwin and was used, I believe, only in the first year of the overlay. And here is a clip number five. So spooky. That, spooky. Yeah, it's it's frightening. Um, so that lasted about a year, uh, and it was replaced in 2002 by an adapted score by the wonderful, magnificent, handsome, dashing, talented John Debney. Do you guys know why I love John Debney? No, but I no. can tell you do. <laughs> he wrote Spectral Magic. Uh, <laughs> um, I mean, I knew that, but... I know. We wanted to give everybody else a chance. Yeah. Um, so Debney's score was based on the Nightmare Before Christmas film soundtrack, which was composed originally by Danny Elfman. And that is what you would hear today during the, ho- the overlay. Number six, please. So that is not the only place where uh, we talked about Tokyo. We talked about uh, Disneyland um, and we also spoke about Orlando. But there's another one. There is Disneyland Paris's Phantom Manor. Mm. It was decided that um, when they were conceptualizing Disneyland Paris, certain classic Disney attractions would have to be modified for the European park. And Haunted Mansion was no exception to this. The Parisian version was reimagined to have a darker and scarier tone compared to its American counterparts. Um, the story is a bit different. It more closely follows the bride as a central character. Um, another really cool part of this is the exit. So when you, well, the, towards the end, when you would normally come out of the roof sort of and then into the graveyard, um, the swinging graveyard, uh, here you go into the graveyard but immediately go underground, and you can imagine underground in a graveyard, you see coffins and skeletons and the roots of trees. And it's really it's it's actually it's pretty scary. Um, so the soundtrack to the Paris version is a fully orchestrated musical score by the wondrous, punctual, absolutely amazing John Debney that incorporates <laughs> Buddy Baker's original grim grinning ghost theme, but has a much darker and scarier tone. Number seven. kooky at the end yeah i love that um it's a, it's it still ha- mirrors the kind of dark 
tone in the beginning and then gets, you know, like kind of zany in the end, but he does it in his own style, which I think is pretty cool. So the original Phantom Manor um, also had a narration, just like its counterparts have a narration, and it was originally narrated by the famous Vincent Price. Um, however, due to an agreement with French authorities, a majority of the ride needed to be narrated in French, so it was changed, um, and it was uh, dubbed over in French. And then eventually they just pulled the narration altogether. So if you go there today, you actually don't hear any narration. You just hear the um, you hear Debney's score, um, and then you'll hear the characters like Leota when you go through the seance. But um, other than that, you don't really get that narration. Um, here is a clip of the original Phantom Manor soundtrack with the narration of Vincent Price, number eight. Where hinges creak in doorless chambers, where strange and frightening sounds echo through the halls, where candlelights flicker though the air is deathly still, this is Phantom Manor. sounds old yeah he did mm-hmm. it also yeah. makes me want to watch edward scissorhands now yeah <laughs> so that's so cool there you have it that's awesome man thanks man thank you that's the story and terrence i hope i didn't uh <laughs> take all of the stuff that you were going to say no not at all <laughs> <laughs> it's all good it's all it's just about driving the point home yes exactly right it's good yeah it'll be good terrence is professional yeah. Fine. yeah. Don't forget the part about the ghost mobile. Yeah, the ghost mobile. <laughs> That's the most important part. <laughs> I love the ghost mobile. Almost as much as I love you, Jeremy. <laughs> Thanks, dude, for another wonderful segment. We really appreciate Thanks. it. Yeah. No problem. And, uh, All right. Well, uh, let me know. We'll I'll be to happy later. to come on again. Of course. All the time. Whenever. And then one day, we'll meet in the parks. Are you going to D23 in uh, next year time? So I went to it this past whatever, like I guess it was a year and a half ago, yeah. and I made a big pronouncement after it that I was never going to that big waste of time again. Oh, okay. Really? And now I'm like, oh man, I think I gotta go. Because <laughs> so I think because well, we're gonna try to be there, uh, we're gonna try to have a Covier's booth actually there. Stop. Yeah, I can't. <laughs> can't stop. Won't stop. Rockefeller Records, I, yeah. This is, this is so. I, see, I didn't even know that, and I was considering going again, but now, yeah. uh, now I really might have to go. Well, don't book your flight yet, but uh, uh, <laughs> uh, you know, we'll we'll see if we can afford it because those booths are not cheap. Mm-mm. Yeah, I wouldn't imagine. No, they're pretty uh, pretty pricey. Anyway, uh, thanks, Jeremy. I appreciate it, dude. Again, uh, solid, solid. And right. um, we'll talk to you later. Have a good night, guys. Bye. 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 play him out. Go play the kid out. I like Jeremy. <laughs> Me too. You know, it's it's weird. First of all, I, so every show I listen to, every show, I don't know why I, I, I don't like myself, I guess. I'm kidding. Um, and every time after, every time Jeremy is on, I go, we, we all go, I like that guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. After every time he's on, I like, and his ego is probably too big now. <laughs> We've never even met the guy in person. Yeah. Never even met him. Never met him. Um, Hopefully that doesn't ruin it. <laughs> well, yeah, we'll meet and be like, oh, so, um, yeah. I, I gotta go. Yeah. <laughs>
<laughs> I got reservations at the Cozy Cone. <laughs> yes. So they don't make reservations. No, no, no. We're gonna be late. Yeah, <laughs> we're VIPs. Yeah. Here. It's fine. No, I, email, I emailed him yesterday, and I was like, "So, guess who forgot to say that? Tell you that they're recording tomorrow." <laughs> and, oh, so uh, he threw that together. Well, he had, he, he said he had like half of it done or most of it done. Then he, so he was like, "I can't come on." And then he said, "I'm gonna leave work early so I can finish it." And I'm like, "Wow, <laughs> that's commitment." Awesome. What a nice guy. Yeah, yeah we should I like, give him, I like should, that guy. We should give him a pen or something. Um, just, just any pen, like, just a, any like pen. a pen, an ink pen. Yeah. <laughs> uh, before we get into Terrence's uh, conversation, I do have big news. Terrence has been accepted to the second round of the Disney Moms panel. Thank you, no. thank you, thank you. Yes. Notice uh, how I'm the only one clapping for you, but I know sorry. what's up with that. Sorry. I know. I am proud of you. I was thank trying you. to change camera. I will say that I'm <laughs> upset and angered. I can tell, like every it. every comment that you made on Facebook, like I can hear the anger. So, like Becca called me, she was like, "Is Jason bitter?" I'm like, yes, 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 he is. He is bitter. Well, okay, but so, not at you. No, I know, I know, not at the situation directly at me. Right. But you know, it's, it, I think it was the fact that I have kids, and then um, we had a little bit of a difference in what we suggested someone do, you know, in the shade for okay. you know, the shaded area, whatever. Maybe what I what I pulled was something a little lesser known. I'm like, okay, let's let's go on with this guy. Uh-huh. All right. But All the right. second round, the second round, I had. Um, oh, you've done it already. I've already done it. Yeah. Okay. It was oh. due tomorrow, so I did it uh, two days ago. So okay. I had to answer a few more questions. Um, explain like what? Like just the same kind of questions? Like questions actually towards me. Okay. So, you know, what are, so what's the one thing that I, I have to do every time I go to the park? Uh-huh. Uh, what did you say? Easy. I said eat a churro. Get diabetes. In every land, yes. Yeah. But I also said something that I always do is um, I um, I always, you know, kind of high step down Main Street. Like, I always do, like, the high... High uh, stepping. Yeah, I always high step down Main Street. The first time I go to the park, like I always step? do that. Like, no, okay. that, that, almost like um, like a rocket. It's like da 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 da. How did you explain da, da, da. that? I forgot exactly how I said it, mm. but it was a hundred words or less for every okay. every answer. Okay. Um, they asked how I would explain the Frozen stage show to someone. <laughs> Having never seen it, having never seen it, right? Um, <laughs> Did you say uh, sorry? I don't. Lo- I don't go out. Uh, uh, I don't go out at night and look at the trash bin. So no. I wouldn't know. No, I went Did on you YouTube watch and on watched YouTube? it. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> I kind of explained. I said, you know, it's a it's a very oh high production show. Yeah, the, uh, they use a, a huge screen. It makes you almost feel like you're on Soren. Um, also, for parents that want to get out of the sun, you know, it's air conditioned as well. That I needed to um, film a one minute video oh. saying why. Uh, I like the parks and why it never gets stale. And I said it's because of all the details around the park. So the fact that there's right appropriate weather vanes in Fantasyland, mm-hmm. uh, you know, the fact that you are, um, you, you'll always see someone or something um, that just makes it a little bit more magical. So I went, went through that whole thing, okay. sent it in. Uh, Where's the video? Can we have a copy? Can we put it on YouTube? Absolutely not. Um, <laughs> but if I make it to round three... Which I don't, you know, never know, because yeah. just keep whittling it down, then it'll right. be the phone call. And so, okay. do a phone interview, and then after that, I'm in, I'm flying this out to Florida. Seems like a lot of work for a non-paying job. Yeah. But you get a free trip to Disney World, yeah. you get luggage, and you get you get stuff. You do get stuff. You by yourself get a free trip? Or you're, no, you and no, your family. No, my family. It's a trip for four. Oh, okay. Huh. It's a good, it's <laughs> I'm on a stand behind. <laughs> 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 That's true. That's true. <laughs> 
That uh, is true. Yeah, she can go for free. Well, good job, buddy. Yeah, thank you. I appreciate it. I could, re- I could like, I was taste bummed. the bitterness. You, well, yeah, for sure. And again, it wasn't at you, but it kind of was at you because I'm like, this fool doesn't have time to go to the parks, much less sit down and answer email questions. Like, there's no way. That's so rude. He just he bumped me out of a spot. And then I, I, didn't, got I didn't bump you out of a spot. It I wasn't know. me or you. I know. Can I we know. be your family of four? <laughs> yes. I could talk to Becca oh, yeah. about that. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Kind of the answers no, just don't talk to her about it. Just say you have a work trip. Yep. <laughs> okay. Is your is your couch comfortable? Or am I might be sleeping there. Actually, really is. Yeah. We got a spare room. It's great. Oh, there we go. It might work. <laughs> All right. So Disney World. Yeah. Let's do this. Let's do this. Uh, no, but uh, congratulations. Yeah. Good yeah. job. No, buddy. that's good. Um, I just you know waiting for the day when you have to drop out, but it's fine because you don't have time. It's fine. Don't worry about it though. All right, Terrence. History. Man, bitter party of the one. haunted mansion. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> there's going to be some. Should I just replay Jeremy's? Say, there's going to be some repeats between uh, me and Jeremy, but it'll be okay. That's all right. Welcome, foolish mortals, to the haunted mansion. I am your host, your ghost host. Kindly step all the way in, please, and make room for everyone. There's no turning back now. Our tour begins here in this gallery, where you see paintings of some of our guests as they appeared in their corruptible mortal state. Your cadaverous pallor betrays an aura of foreboding, almost as though you sense a disquieting metamorphosis. Is the haunted room actually stretching, or is it your imagination? And consider this demanding observation. This chamber has no windows and no doors, which offers you this chilling challenge to find a way out. Of course, there's always my way. Anytime I hear that, I get chills. (laughs) <laughs> this ride, I know I say that DCA is better than Disneyland. Yes, it is. But um, this is probably one of the best rides I've ever been on. Um, so we're going to go through this. And I, I did a, a broad overview of uh, the um, the development of the actual, some of the, you know, some of the ride elements, but then mostly the story as well. So uh, let's jump in. 1969, the Haunted Mansion finally debuted 14 years after Disneyland opened its ge- as gates to guests. The Haunted Mansion is, in my opinion, one of the big three that you think about when you think about the park. You think about the Haunted Mansion, Small World, and Pirates of the Caribbean. I think those are the three big three of the, of the park when you think about it. Uh, but most people don't realize that it wasn't there when it opened. Not only that, they, they really don't understand uh, the history of the conception of the ride and the gap in history from it being marketed to the public and it debuting as a ride. And that gap is one of the craziest and strangest stories of the internal struggles that was happening in Imagineering and the worst struggles they ever experienced. Yeah. And everything revolved around this, and Jeremy touched on it. In Disneyland, should a haunted mansion be scary or should it be funny? Now, the, haunted, the history of the haunted mansion uh, dates back to years before Disneyland was even a park. Uh, the idea at that time of having an amusement park without a haunted house was absurd because there was a, they were a staple in the amusement park community. That's why if you view some of the early blueprints that they had of what was then known as Mickey Mouse Park, which started 20 years before the park opened, you'll see some familiar sites. You'll see Main Street, you'll see Frontierland, and then you'll see a crooked road leading off of Main Street past a church and a graveyard and up to a dilapidated mansion. Since Walt was on board with creating this mansion, in 1957, he tasked Disney legend Ken Anderson with coming up with a concept for the ride. Uh, Ken was an animator who wrote uh, Cinderella, Jungle Book, and the Aristocats. Aristocrats, sorry. 
Um, <laughs> oh, you're right the first time. Aristocats. Oh, Aristocats. Sorry, the Aristocats <laughs> was a joke. Uh, Disney wanted <laughs> Disney wanted the uh, the attraction prioritized because he felt that the park was lacking something without having a haunted mansion. Walt knew uh, that he, what he was doing when he gave Anderson a job. Even though Anderson was an animator by uh, trade, at this point he was actually an architect, and he um, an architect, and that was perfect for the animation at the studio. Um, Anderson, being one that appreciated good architecture, uh, decided to base the mansion on an actual building instead of just coming up with his own idea. For this reason, he decided to base the mansion on the Shipley Lidecker in Baltimore, which was already 150 years old at the time. And that seems like an odd inspiration for a New Orleans planta- uh, plantation-style mansion. He also picked another very strange location to find inspiration, the Winchester Mystery House in San Jose, California. Yes. Uh, he was inspired by the tales of the house being haunted by the ghosts of those who were killed by the widow Winchester's husband's gun. And if you guys don't know it, uh, it was the widow of the guy who actually was uh, Winchester of the Winchester. The Winchester. Yeah, right, right, right. Um, he, uh, Not the supernatural Winchesters. That's a different movie. That's, that's a different, different TV completely show. Different, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, he, also, he also loved the idea of the doors that opened to far drops and stairways leading to nowhere. By the way, did you hear that they found another room in the Winchester Mystery House? No, I did not. It's like a brand new room what? that they just yeah. they just found. Like I guess they're doing like imaging of walls, but the way, kind of what they do with old oh, mansions wow. now, old houses. And that house was built willy-nilly, so there's no right. blue Prince, really, right. right? And uh, it was like all paneled up, and there was like a, a an organ in there, and like a dress form, what? and like sewing stuff, and it was like this kind That's of perfectly so cool. And I don't know how real it is because I mean it's you know a market of it's a it's a thing right it's a tourist right. destination. But That's such a good story though, it's pretty cool. That's awesome. Anyway, go ahead. That's awesome. That's fine. Um, Did I scoop you? No, 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 okay. no, no. <laughs> he, no, you didn't, Jeremy. Yeah, um, he also loved the idea of the doors that, um, sorry, opened a far drop, stairways mm-hmm. to lead nowhere. He took extensive notes of the housing details, but also of the operation of the business, since it was able to host a lot of people in a single day. Seeing that a walkthrough could have a high capacity was exactly what Walt wanted to hear. Now, Anderson's ideas were absolutely profound. The original vision of the backstory for the mansion involved a happy fiancé named Priscilla, whose wedding day happiness ended the moment she discovered the truth about her new husband. Although, Although he warned her not to go into the attic, she could not resist. In the attic, she found treasures of his days as a pirate named Captain Gore. Since he had taken on a new identity and could not risk his true identity making it out into the world, uh, he threw her out the window. <laughs> to drive the point home, yes, hey, man, you all know she might be, she might be gossiping. It was a different, he told it was a her different not time. to go up there. It was a different time. <laughs> That's what you get. He wanted to see her get down from there very, very quickly. Stop it. So, so they drive the... Do me a favor, t- let me know how hard this ground is. <laughs> he didn't bounce. Uh, to drive the point home, Anderson drew a picture of a female apparition wearing a wedding dress haunting Captain Gore, who was now dead. And the whole thing was, even in death, they were so attracted to each other that they couldn't leave each other alone. Uh, this theme stuck, and today you know Captain Gore as your ghost host. Huh. Uh, as a second concept, Anderson visualized a building. <laughs> we're going to move on. Uh, as a second concept, Anderson visualized a building and surrounding area named Broadmere Manor. At one point, Walt Disney himself was slated to be your ghost host. Which would it be amazing to actually have Walt's voice on that ride? Uh, the concept would have been Walt purchased a, a Louisiana Manor and had it moved to Disneyland, only to discover that it was haunted by the former residents, the Blood family. 
an additional theme was explored and discarded that revolved around the retelling of the legend of Sleepy Hollow. The ride would relive the events from the perspective of the headless horseman and his intended victim, Ichabod Crane. Uh, and there's a good number of drawings from this concept, but Anderson realized that the amount of explaining of the backstory would bore kids. So the it issue... Would, it would bore... It would bore anyone. Okay. Have, okay. You ever, have you ever watched that? Yeah. It's, it, 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 storytelling in the 60s is very long yeah. and drawn out. I know. We have to do one of the... Um, uh, feature movie yeah. blogs about that. Isn't that another happening. one that we're doing it's right now? It's never happening. I don't even know, though. Somebody needs to give it to somebody other than Bev. <laughs> can I volunteer, Jay? I've never even heard of the movie this Or next. JP. If we can find it, we can do it. It's on... I found it. I, I actually sent your husband, sent Sam the link. Send it to me. I'll, I'll do send it. it to you. I'll send it to I, you. I have nothing okay. better to do. Uh, the yes. issue that... <laughs> The issue that Walt had with every concept was not about the inside, but the outside. Anderson said that the house exterior was to appear run down and decrepit. Some of the ride elements were based on the house being all moldy and unsafe. Uh, guests, guests would have walked through the once beautiful grounds, which had become neglected, and passed a graveyard filled with tombstones and partially uncovered bones. Walt was 100% against having a run down mansion in his pristine park. While haunted mansions were the norm at amusement parks of the day, the very purpose of Disneyland was to create an escape from the seediness of carnies. For this reason, and small hands. Uh, for this reason, no, like no, like for this reason, Anderson's idea percolated behind closed doors. I mean, they're at, like gypsies. They have like a gypsy thing, right? Carnies and gypsies. They will steal your babies and and your ride tickets. Oh my goodness! No money tickets. Uh, for this reason, Anderson's idea percolated behind closed doors at Imagineering offices uh, rather than moving forward. Walt uh, finally told Anderson, you know what, we'll take care of the outside, but we'll let the ghost take care of the inside. And so when he finally got the concept of what the exterior would look like, he was confused, and this is what he said. He said, when I got the concept artwork based on the Baltimore, sorry, the Baltimore house for the exterior finished, uh, Walt said that he didn't like the idea at all. And I never thought I'd see it again, and I was never more surprised to find out later that the concept became the basis for the look of the Haunted Mansion as it was eventually built because Walt hated it. <laughs> Now, in a rare misstep for the company, while they're trying to figure out what's going on, they did not tell the marketing team, we are not going to open this ride when it was slated. Oh, no. So in 1958, the Haunted Mansion first appeared on an, on an official Disneyland map. In fact, this was before the groundbreaking even started for New Orleans Square. Uh, even though it was first on a map in 1958, and there were handbills handed out for the attraction in 1961. They built the outer facade in 1963. How upset was Walt? He was very upset, <laughs> but he was also so focused on other things going on, and we'll get into that. Okay. Uh, but at this time, they did not have a name for the attraction. Uh, the working title it started as Museum of the Weird, uh, and even some merchandise started appearing with different working titles like Haunted House or Ghost Host. Uh, uh, sorry, Ghost House. Ghost House. Ghost House. All right. Sounds like a, sounds like a movie. Ghost House. Right. With Bill Cosby. Yeah. Uh, and Ed Lover. <laughs> I would watch that. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> outside, um, outside read a sign that stated, Notice, all ghosts and restless spirits, post-lifetime leases are now available in this haunted mansion. Don't be left out in the sunshine. Enjoy active retirement in this country club atmosphere. The fashionable address for famous ghosts. Ghosts trying to make a name for themselves. And ghosts afraid to live by themselves. 
Leases include license to scare the daylights out of guests visiting the portrait gallery, Museum of the Supernatural, which doesn't never existed, <laughs> the graveyard, and other happy haunting grounds. For reservations, send your resume of past experience to Gross Relations, Department, Disneyland. But please do not apply in person. They fully intended for the ride to debut at this time in 1963 when the sign went up, but it was a matter of bad timing and differences in opinion. First, Walt pulled all of the best Imagineers in early 1961 to start working on all the multiple attractions they were doing for the World's Fair. Second, Walt definitely favored a walkthrough. This sentiment wasn't overruled until the final reason for the delay, Walt's death. Uh, after he died, things kind of stalled, and then they decided to push forward. Uh, they thought the capacity would be way too low for what they needed to do if they had a walkthrough. So they pushed forward with using um, something that was just invented for the World's Fair, the Omnimover. So uh, they, without Walt there to, to stop them, they moved forward with that. Now, even with all of these things in place, even with uh, ideas in place, the questions still remain unanswered. Scary or funny? The question became um, even harder to answer when they really started looking at what people were saying about other rides in the park. For instance, uh, they were still getting complaints about the Snow White ride and the Evil Queen being too scary. Now, that was one character in one scene of the ride, and they were still getting complaints about that. So they were wondering, how in the world could we make a scary ride when people can't handle that one? Right. So there were definitely two different camps uh, for scary and funny, like Jeremy said, there was Mark Davis, one of the original nine uh, old men, who was leading the charge for funny, while Claude Coates insisted on scary. Uh, to put their names in perspective at this time, this would be like Steven Spielberg and George Lucas duking it out, and you had to choose a side. In the end, Walt, Spielberg. There's no choice. No, I know. I know. Uh, in the end, Walt, Claude, and Mark all won. The first, first, person, uh, first portion of the ride fulfills the walkthrough and scary elements with Madame Leota and the attic scene, while the graveyard fulfills the element of fun. Now, Claude Coates, uh, who was a USC graduate with a degree in architecture and fine arts, uh, started working for Disney in 1934 as a background artist for Walt's animation studio. Uh, Coates is largely responsible for creating the multi-textured watercolors found in the background paintings for Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs, terrible movie, Pinocchio, and numerous other animated films up through <laughs> 1953's Peter Pan, after which he was handpicked by Walt to join the team designing Disneyland at Wed Enterprises. Uh, upon joining the team, Coates started working on many different projects, including Pirates of the Caribbean and many of the 1964 World's Fairs attraction. Uh, Coates is credited with pioneering the use of ultraviolet light and live special effects. This is huge. Um, pioneering the use of ultraviolet light and live special effects in three-dimensional environments, providing him well, uh, making him well-suited for designing the dark ride formats for what would come in the parks. Many of Coates' uh, conceptual sketches for the Haunted Mansion were drawn on pastels on black artboard, demonstrating his technique of pulling detail and atmosphere out of darkness. Having been very successful in creating and convincing atmosphere for Disneyland's Pirates of the Caribbean attraction, uh, Coates sought to work in the same vein for the Haunted Mansion, creating an eerie space full of unexplainable occurrences and shadowy env uh, environments. Now, Mark Davis, Mark Davis is on the top of the list 
It's on the top of the list of Imagineers and people who have had a stamp on the park. Yeah, um, after for a sure. Br- yeah, I know. After a brilliant career in the animation department, where Davis is credited with creating some of Disney's most enduring characters, Peter Pan's Tinkerbell and Maleficent, Davis was uh, tapped by Walt to come over to WED to develop characters and set pieces for the theme parks. Though he came to the mansion project a few years after the original concepts were under development, he still produced hundreds of conceptual sketches for the attraction. Besides creating dozens of ideas for various creations and effects for the mansion, David is known for designing the various changing portraits seen in the attraction. The old man uh, picture uh, is one of the ones that he did as well. Uh, he, um, I'm sorry. <clears throat> sorry, sorry, sorry. Um, in the end, Davis is responsible for nearly all the Haunted Mansion's most recognizable characters, such as the Caretaker and the Hitchhiking Ghosts. Uh, at the end of the day, Davis's involvement with the project brought strong visual character to the developing attraction. His gags, characters, and set pieces, um, including what happened in the Grand Ballroom, the Singing Bus, the Hitchhiking Ghosts, and many of the set pieces in the graveyard, helped to define the feel that the visitors take with them when they leave. Additionally, Davis is largely responsible for transforming the attraction from the proposed storytelling adventure into a series of set pieces and gags with narration used to tie everything together, which is how the mansion would finally be designed. During the course of the next couple of years, Exitensio uh, was brought on to write the script. Uh, the first script he ever wrote was for Pirates. Never did anything before that. Yell Gracie and Raleigh Crump joined the team and helped give the idea, uh, give the ride his finishing touches with Gracie and Crump in charge of visuals. Uh, Walt knew, uh, sorry, great, knew just what, okay. Uh, Walt knew just who was to assign, who he was assigned to a difficult job of creating the magical effects for the Haunted Mansion. Yell Gracie, one of WED's uh, brightest engineers, was put to work on the project, and despite constant changes in the proposed theme of the attraction, his visual uh, uh, effects were adopted in every storyline from the start of the t- his tenure on the project. Gracie came to WED after achieving success in Disney's animation department, having been art director for Jason's favorite movie, Fantasia. I love it. Uh, soon after joining WED, Gracie would, become, would come to be regarded as the father of Disney theme park special effects. Uh, Gracie demonstrated an eye for layout and effects and the natural ability to translate these concepts into the three-dimensional world. So he became known for his lighting and atmosphere, uh, atmospheric effects as well, um, such as the simulated fire effect that he created for Disneyland's Pirate of the Caribbean. Uh, image, uh, Imagineer Bob Gurr had this to say about Yell. Yell was always at the studio. He'd literally sit in his room and fiddle with stuff, and occasionally he'd invent something. <laughs> Walt was totally happy with that. You know, was good at figuring out physical gags. Then, then somebody working on a project would finally find a way to weave Yell's gag into their show story. He would often have things on the shelf that we could use later, and a lot of the things that he invented um, years before were finally used in the mansion. Uh, Gracie partnered up with Raleigh Crump, and with Crump's assistant, he began developing the illusions for the, manor, the mansion. Walt certainly didn't make Gracie's task simple. In an interview at that time, when Walt was still referring to the Haunted Mansion as the New Orleans exhibit, Walt directed Gracie to create something nice for the hall, the infamous part of the New Orleans exhibit, like werewolves and Medusa, marble busts that talk, even ordinary appearing pictures that will change into horrors before the visitor's eyes, which all sounded ridiculous, but they were able to do all of it. Uh, this was part of another part of the plan for the mansion. Um, it, might end, it might have ended up being a uh, sprawling underground walkthrough exhibit that, descri- that 
was described as the worst parts of New Orleans. <laughs> so Gracie got straight to work tackling the daunting task of creating live spectral visual effects. And though the mansion's proposed storyline and theme changed many times, many of the fully realized effects and tricks conjured up by Gracie and Crump went, to be, uh, went, to, went on to become the Haunted Mansion's show-stopping feats of illusioneering, as Walt referred to the effects. Um, the illusioneering. Hat- illusioneering. Don't like it. <laughs> so um, one of the uh, one of the effects that they tried was the Hatbox Ghost, the original Hatbox yeah. Ghost, where the uh, they wanted to tie in the idea of doing the uh, the Legend of Sleepy Hollow in there, and mm-hmm. one of the best ways they could think of was a Hatbox Ghost. So they tried over and over and over again to make it work, and it would not work because they couldn't get the lighting correct. So they eventually had to take it out. I feel like I skipped over something after like a month. Yeah. Yeah. Um, boo boo. Sorry, I think I did skip over something. What'd you miss? Oh no, I got it. Okay. Right. Um, so while this character was inst- was only installed in the mansion for weeks at that weeks at the most, the uh, amazing transparent ghost effects uh, that Gracie Champion are showcased in the mansion's uh, show stopping grand ballroom scene. Uh, the two of them were eventually given an entire warehouse to house their developments, and one evening they forgot to turn off the animatronics. They got a letter asking them to leave the lights on for now on since it's so creepy in there. So if you don't understand what's going on, they have an entire warehouse with all of these ghosts running. And they would leave for the night, ghosts running, lights (laughs) off. All the effects. All the effects going, lights off. And so the janitors were complaining and saying, can you please, 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 please keep the lights on because this is creepy. So they decided, okay, we're going to turn off the animatronics. And we're going to keep the lights on. Yeah. Now, I don't know why they chose to do this part. Maybe they were jerks. I don't know. <laughs> but they set, it, they set up a, uh, a motion sensor so that if it sensed motion uh, after they left, they turned it on. If it sensed motion, it would kill the lights and turn on the animatronics. <laughs> right? So, so uh, they left for the, for the night. They, uh, they, that they, would do that to you. I, w- I would do that to you. Of course. That'd be hilarious. <laughs> right. So they left for the night. They uh, turned the uh, lights on, animatronics off, but they have the motion sensor on. They come back the next day to find... There's urine everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> this is one of those Chapter 7 stories from uh, <laughs> Cleaning the Kingdom. Um, so they, they come to find all the animatronics going... And a lone broom in the middle of the floor. <laughs> and they got a letter from janitorial saying, yeah, that janitor will not be back anymore. So basically, in the middle of the night, the guy was cleaning, tripped, tripped the alarm, everything went off, ghost went off, he took off. He, he went off. That's right. Wow. Um, so, I mean, it, really, like, that's, uh, that's that, awesome. That, that's how, no, it's great, but, but that's kind of how groundbreaking these effects were back then in the 60s, right? Like, yeah. nobody's ever seen anything like it. Now, that seems ridiculous. Like, come on, dude. Are you serious right now? Really? Yeah, I think so. Really? Yeah. If you were cleaning a room yeah. with animatronics and all yeah. of a sudden the lights went off and all these things started <laughs> freaking out and yeah. moving around, you wouldn't you wouldn't run? No, because I've seen it all before, right? Because I've seen it for 20, 30 years. I'm telling you, if you and I are in a room and something like that happens... 
I will trip you, and then I will get out because they're not getting me. That's fine. well. There's no. Well, first of all, there's no. There's nothing to get you. They're well, they're you robots. Were, you're not thinking in your right mind well, at that point, right? That's kind of, but that's kind of what I'm saying, right? Like we've seen all of this before. We know so much about it, right? That we know that it's not r- real. I mean, ghosts don't exist, anyways. But it's you know what I mean. Yeah. I know but back saying. then, this is brand new. It's gra- it's literally groundbreaking stuff, right. and so it freaked the guy out more so than I think it would now. Right. That makes sense. Yeah. Um, wow, this is going a lot faster than I thought it would. So they um, they added the Pepper's Ghost effect as well, uh, which is this is the world's largest implementation of the Pepper's Ghost effect. Uh, it's a 90-foot-long scene that features multiple Pepper's Ghost effects brought together in one scene. Guests travel along an elevated mezzanine looking through a 30-foot-tall pane of glass into an empty ballroom. Animatronic ghosts move in hidden black rooms beneath and above the mezzanine. Um, and then also they have the organ that's from 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea in there as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, the last illusion that they just added again is the Hatbox hat Ghost. Uh, <laughs> or the Hotbox Ghost. I'm sorry, ghost. the Hotbox Ghost. <laughs> yeah. That's why he's... That's the Biggie Smalls ride. <laughs> <laughs> that's for Jeremy right there. That would be awesome, a Biggie Tupac ride. Oh, no, box that, may ghost. Not, that may not end well. Uh, so the half box ghost was the last illusion. No, I, try to I add. don't think you can get that box airtight. <laughs> I like it. that. Thank you. I like that. Thank you. So the half box ghost was the last illusion. They tried to add. It didn't work well. So they were shot. Okay. Oh, wow. Good. Um, and all the mansion cost $7 million to build, which is, I think, $45 million nowadays mm-hmm. money. Uh, the, fi- the ride eventually opened on August 9th, 1969. It stayed the same for many years. Uh, in 2001, the safety spiel for the, what was it called, the ghost cars? What did he call what it? What did he call them? The ghost mobile. The ghost mobile. Jeremy's ghost mobile. Yeah, the go- the, uh, it was lengthened, and it's now bilingual. 2005, the changing portraits were reverted to their normal metamorphosis uh, and given a thunder and lightning effect. Also, the April-December lady, so the lady that went from old to young, was replaced by the aging man. Uh, during the 50th anniversary, Madame Leota's crystal ball was made to float. In 2015, the Hatbox Ghost returned, and in 2001, the Nightmare Before Christmas layover began. I didn't jump into the NBC layover. I By the way, I do want to point out that we broke that story of the Hatbox Ghost. We confirmed we it. We, did. we were the ones who confirmed the story. You're right. Just so you guys know, Mice Talk or whatever didn't get it. We got it. Yeah. We're one for a billion. That's not bad. Yeah. Um, We've got a couple. That's true. That the true. Muppets? Muppets, the pirate skeletons. Yeah, yeah, that's true. All sorts of stuff. I'm still getting quoted on that. That's not bad. Yeah. It's not bad. So a couple of, I guess, facts about the ride. Uh, The hitchhiking ghosts actually have names. Uh, Gus is the short one, Ezra is the tall one, and Phineas is the one. And I didn't realize this is what it was. He's holding a carpet bag. So a throwback to Mary Poppins. Mm -hmm. Uh, Madame Leota was voiced by Eleanor Audley, who was also Maleficent. And also the Evil Queen and Snow White. Yes, Snow White. Uh, the track has 131 vehicles, and it can take 2,400 people through the mansion every hour. And they move at two feet per second when it doesn't stop constantly. Uh, the Phantom Five, which are the singing bus. Uh, Bob Ebright was Phineas Pock. Thurl Ravenscroft, Tony the Tiger, was Uncle Theodore. Vern Rowe was Rollo Runkin. Jay Meyer was Neb Nub. And Chuck Schroeder is Cousin A. Nub Nub. Mm-hmm. Uh, your ghost host is voiced by Paul Freeze. He's also the one that says, Dead men tell no tales. Uh, if you look closely at the birthday cake and the... Uh, 
uh, grand ballroom scene. It has 13 candles on it. And if you look even closer, you'll see that there are, t- there are plates right by it, and the plates create a hidden Mickey. Now, the last thing I want to talk about is something that I have tried to notice constantly, and I've only been able to see it once, even though I know where it is, and that is the, the giant spider on okay. the window in the ballroom scene. All right. Okay. Uh, a lot of people don't realize that it's there. Um, but it looks like there's there's a spider web, and it has a large spider on the, the sheet of glass. And they have a spider in the same place in Walt Disney, in their Haunted Mansion. So the question is, why was this particular ballroom spider placed in Disneyland's Haunted Mansion in the first place? I'll take you through. Um, there's a couple of reasons why people have said, and there's one that is basically looked at as being true. While designing the Haunted Mansion, the Imagineers made a lot of creatures and ghosts to put into the mansion. In fact, they made too many. After about two years after the ride originally opened, Imagineers decided to place the spider in its home to fill up an empty space. Since there was only one, Walt Disney World Imagineers quickly whipped up another one and placed it in the precise location as the other one. That is false. Uh, Number two, the first year Imagineers transformed Disneyland's Haunted Mansion into the lovable Tim Burton, the Nightmare Before Christmas, uh, the spider was placed in the ballroom scene and was a deep red with green accents to represent the colors of the holiday. When trying to remove the spider, they realized that it was Im- immovable. The way the spider was secured was impossible to undo. Therefore, they painted the spider with black and purple and left it there. That's inc- incorrect as well. Uh, this is the one that is, well, it's a combination of these two. Uh, the Disneyland legend is that a kid with a slingshot cre- uh, created the crack, uh, although it could have been a stray bullet from the ghostly duel. Uh, since sorry, I just made myself sick with that. Since the, <laughs> since the giant panes of glass were positioned before the haunted mansion's construction was completed, it would have taken a great deal of effort and money to replace the broken glass. Now, let me put this in perspective: it's uh, it's ninety feet. They put it in place before the roof was put in place on the mansion, and to replace this glass, which is one solid piece of glass, they would have re- had to remove the roof. And lifted the entire glass out, brought in a new a new one, put it all the way back in, and then rebuilt the roof. So now you're closing down the ride for uh, several months. So uh, what legend says, there was a kid, uh, either with a rock or with a slingshot, who shot it at, at the glass and shattered the glass in a portion. Mm-hmm. And so them being smart Imagineers, they just put a fake spider on it. It looks like a spider web. <laughs> yeah. So that's it. That's all I got. Wow. History of Haunted Mansion, Terrence. Good job. Spooky. Spooky. What a jerk that little kid is. I too. was just going to say, that kid's a punk. I wonder who he is. Um, so here's... Because there's someone out there who remembers doing that. Oh, Random sure. thoughts with Beverly. Okay. Oh, shoot. <laughs> <laughs> they have to replace the roof on those rides, right? Like, that's a real roof. Yeah, it's a... Well, but it's like... like are a... you talking like re-shingling the roof? Yeah. Player? It's a real roof, but yeah. it's re-shingling the roof. Like, you, it gets like every 20 years, maybe. Yeah, I know, but you're not. I mean, imagine. Um, ima- okay, I helped you move into your house. No, 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 no. Just hear me out. I helped you move into your house. And that huge monstrosity of a bookcase that you have. We weren't there. Imagining, imagine, yeah, you know, you guys, thanks for not helping. Um, imagine <laughs> having to rip the roof off of your your house to take something out. It would probably be easier than carrying it up the stairs. That is true. But no, 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 that's, that really wasn't my point. I was just thinking, like, in, in regards to all the rides, they all have roofs. They all have yeah. to be replaced. They're all building, and yeah, they have to be redone. I'm sure yeah. they are. Yeah. 
I think I, most I don't of know them, why I never actually yeah. I just didn't think about that. I think most of them are like tar with you know gravel on top, mm-hmm. right? It's easier to to retar or whatever. Right. But yeah, the uh, the mansion, and I wouldn't be surprised if those weren't actual shingles, but like pieces of metal or whatever. Right. You know? That's true. You're yep. fixing the cover, not the actual structure. Yeah, that's not a smart. Sorry, I saw that. It's word on the street. <laughs> um, very good, Terrence. That sounds a lot shorter than I thought it would be. I think you did great. It was great. Uh, Bev, you want you want to do a window? You sure. got a window, huh? Do a window. It's it's a right. it's a short window. All right. I am talking about Bob Penfield. All right. Okay. <clears throat> These are the windows on Main Street. The, the dedicated windows, windows on, on Main, Main Street. Street. Yep. Uh, he came for a summer, stayed for a lifetime. Is Bob, what the sign says? No, no. That's just how it starts. Just an inspirational quote. <laughs> Shh. Okay. Turn your microphone off. Uh, Bob Penfield moved with his family to Anaheim in 1954, just in time for his senior year of high school. He was hired on at Disneyland in June 1955. He worked at the park in operations for the first 11 years of his career. Becoming a full-time supervisor in 1963, he eventually moved over to facilities where he managed a host of departments throughout the years, from maintenance services to roofing uh, <laughs> and long-range planning. Maybe that's why I thought about that. Um, he worked temporary. He worked temporary stints outside of Disneyland, helping launch Walt Disney World in Florida, as well as Tokyo Disneyland. At the end of his career, Penfield worked as a project manager coordinating new construction projects for Disneyland. Um, the park was a family affair for Penfield. His mother, Ethel, was one of the original baby matrons at the old diaper-changing station on Main Street. <laughs> Did not know that was a thing. <laughs> I hope that wasn't the name. The old diaper-changing station. Well, it technically would be an old diaper. So. Yeah. I mean, I think that's what it was called, the old diaper-changing station oh. on Main Street. <laughs> right. He met his wife, Judy, a former ride operator. Changing his diaper. <laughs> <laughs> and his son, Chris, worked summers there from high school through college. He has a window on Main Street because he's the last remaining member of the 55, uh, I'm sorry, of, of Club 55, which means he worked there from the day the park opened. Like he, he That's cool. built his whole career at Disney. At Disneyland. Wow. That's so cool. Yeah. Uh, he's the last remaining Disneyland employee to have worked at the park since opening day. He worked at the park for 42 years, retired on July. Crazy. I saw July 31st, 1997, and August 1st, 1997, so. Take that as you will. Uh, receiving the honor of a window, he said, not bad for a working stiff who started out as a teenage carousel operator in Fantasyland and hung on for the ride of his life. <laughs> nice. That's nice. I kind of teared up when I was writing this. Uh, on retirement, he wonders. He, won- he said, I wonder how anything is going to top those early mornings at the park, walking down Main Street before the crowds rush in. The setting is colorful and promising as the opening of a Disney animated feature. I'm going to miss that more than anything. This park has meant so much to me. There's no place like it. It's my life. His window says Club 55 School of Golf, Bob Penfield (laughs) Instructor, which refers to the annual Club 55 golf tournament that he helped organize in 1990. His window is located above the Coca-Cola Refreshment Corner, which is just across the way from the uh, corn dog cart. Cool. That's awesome. Yeah, that's re- I mean, it was a really short. There wasn't. He didn't have his own Wikipedia page. Like, that's it fine. wasn't like a lot. There wasn't a lot yeah. of information. But yeah. what I found, I re- I was like, oh, I love him. He's that's a awesome. Nice guy. Yeah. Very cool. 
Awesome. Good job, Beverly. Love it. <clears throat> okay, I think we're done, right? I think so. We did all the things. Although we haven't, we haven't hit our hour and a half mark yet. I'm okay with that. We still have another show to do after this. I know. I was kidding. <laughs> I'm okay with that. Uh, so I think we're just going to do the fact of the show and then leave. I got our last guest from our last show, Kyle, chatting me, telling me I messed up on something, but I'm telling him he's wrong. <laughs> You're wrong, Kyle. I don't care if you, it's not you like imagine he's an imaginary or anything. <laughs> Look, he right? used to be one. All right. <laughs> So guess what? And now I'm the now I'm now I'm the authority. Anyway, <laughs> back to the show. Uh, the native encampment where Trader Sam tempts you with shrunken heads in the Jungle Cruise is about 35 feet from City Hall on Main Street, which is a great example of how line of sight and separation of spaces enhances your time and space at the park. So if you think about it, it's, it's 35 feet. Like so, when you, when you're seeing Trader Sam, you're 35 feet from City Hall, and you you don't seem that way because wow. you have to go walk all the way around and do the thing and get on that terrible ride. Well, first we of did all. say once like that that Walt's kids would go be behind his apartment and like throw things. And, like the, they would they would pop they would, like, up and pop scare up. people. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that was part of the reason why he also didn't want real animals on the Jungle Cruise because he said they're so close to just jumping over a fence and being on Main Street and yeah. people. Yeah, so, yeah, it's crazy. It's neat, man. Are. You don't. Yeah, it's it's super super enclosed, but you don't think about it. Uh, all right, great show as always, everybody. Thank you to Jeremy from Spectro Radio. You can go to spectroradio.us and uh, hear all the all your favorites, man. Even some things you've never heard of, like those weird haunted mansion commercials. Yeah, those were crazy and terrible. They were, but yeah, but they were terrible in a in a '60s Disney way. Yeah, which kind of makes like- it all right. So odd. Yeah. So odd. Anyway, everybody, uh, thanks a lot for sticking with us, and uh, we'll see you in the parks.